Hey, Nothing Is Wasted family, before we dive into this podcast episode, I just want to make an announcement that I'm super excited about. We are finally going to Israel, and I want to invite you to come with us. Christy and I would love to extend an invitation for you to come with us to Israel. We were supposed to go back in October of 2020, and we all know what happened there, and we have delayed this trip for some time because of all the travel restrictions, but the good news is, is as of March of this past year, all the travel restrictions were lifted for Israel. All of the requirements, vaccination requirements, all of that sort of thing were completely lifted. So we're going to go to Israel in May of 2023. The trip is May 29th through June 6th of 2023. If you want to find out more information about that, you can go to nothingiswasted.com slash Israel. But let me just say this. There are frequently people will ask me questions about when was the turning point in my healing journey. And six months after my late wife was killed, I was invited on a trip to Israel with a church that really surrounded me during that season. And that is, I can look back on, that is the major critical turning point of my healing journey. For the first time, uh, color was beginning to come back into my life. And I can't necessarily explain all the reasons why, but I think it had something to do with walking in the places that Jesus walked, learning about nuances of scripture that I had not seen before, and particularly seeing the theme of pain and suffering all throughout the biblical narrative and the historical narrative. And that was the first time I saw that. And so it really changed my perspective on this world, on God, on my particular tragedy that I was walking through. And so I vowed when I left that trip that I was going to take people back to experience the same thing that I experienced, to have some of those huge aha healing moments. So this trip is going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be enlightening. It's going to be healing. It's going to be inspiring. It's going to be challenging. It's just going to be an amazing time. So Christy and I would love to invite you to come to Israel with us in 2023. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash Israel. Again, nothingiswasted.com slash Israel to find out all the information about this trip. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Aubrey Sampson. And I'm Davey. And today we have just an unbelievable conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. Aubrey, I am like, when I got on this this interview, I just was blown away because Colleen Chow has been diagnosed terminally with cancer, mm-hmm. stage four. Yeah. And so barring some crazy, unbelievable miracle, which we're, we and she are continuing to pray for. That's right. Um, yep. That she she is going to be with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, in the foreseeable future. And mm. so, I, I mean, be honest with you, I didn't know how to approach that conversation. Yeah, right. And yet there's so much that I wanted to ask her because that's a perspective paradigm shifting thing. Yeah, and in one sense, if you've walked with somebody who who's in that kind of season where they're literally facing their death. Yeah. There is a there is a paradigm shift like of the that time is limited on this earth and so right. you need to like 
there's a sense of what matters actually really matters, you know? So we have a lot to learn, I think, from those who are facing any terminal illness. And then also just what it means for us to live in light of our death, which is a hard, I mean, you know, nobody really wants to live like that. We all kind of want to live in denial of our death. But when you're faced with stage four cancer is your diagnosis and you sort of know the way that's going to go. Yep. What does that mean? So I just really appreciate Colleen Chow's story and voice yep. and how she's using the time that God has given her. Absolutely. What what psalm is it? Is it Psalm 91? Teach us to number our days. What what mm. psalm is that? I can't remember which one it is, but it's the... Um, yeah. Ah, oh man. Actually, this morning I was with a group of guys and that was like our... That psalm mm. uh, was our was our rallying point. It was mm. like, we were like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's kind of chew on this for an hour as we... Um, uh, it's Psalm 90, Psalm 90. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Starting in verse 12, teach us to number our days so that we may have the heart of wisdom. Mm. And I think that this is just one of those, I mean, this mm. is exactly what we're looking at this conversation with is like, we need to have, we need to all have the perspective of, you know, our, our days, our days are numbered. Life is a right. vapor. So how do we have right. wisdom through this and, and really maximize every single day that we have so that we're, we're not wasting any of it. And then we're using it for kingdom, mm-hmm. kingdom work. And, and that's the, you're going to hear this perspective that is going to blow your mind. And yet Colleen is very raw about this. Yeah. Yeah. Very She's got tender. four kiddos. And I mean, there, you know, yeah. it's a, yeah, there's, it's, there's a lot. It, there's a lot to wrestle through. And so, you know, she's got a book that's coming out here pretty soon. I want to make sure you guys get your hands on it. It's called Hands of a Fiercely Tender God, which think about that title, Hands of a Fiercely Tender God. Mm, that's a wow. really, really good, almost dichotomy of a title right there. Absolutely. Um, it's 31 Days of Hope, Honesty, and Encouragement for the Sufferer, and it's going to release in October. Um, and she also has written a children's book. She's a mom, wife, writer, editor, and um, and she's going to share her story of being mm, diagnosed wow. with stage four cancer. Uh, hey, Aubrey, before we listen before, to her yeah. story, can I... Oh, yeah, we're, go- we're going to the same place. Before right. we uh, we listen to her story, can I just read a very quick uh, review of the podcast? I think that'd be great, yeah. Okay, um, let, me, let me read it to you. By the way, we are at 922 reviews, and Ooh. you and I have been kind of rallying. Like, we want like, to get on, to 1,000. A, a little bit just because we think that's a cool number, but also yeah. because that allows, like, that allows Nothing is Wasted to move right. up in the algorithm so that more and more people can experience the, the hope and the healing that's provided yeah. here. So this is really not only selfish, like it's about mission too, but let me read this to you. Um, amazing podcast, five stars. This is such an encouraging podcast that really help pe- people helps people walk through pain and grief. Mm. Even for those who are not grieving, I feel like this podcast invites you to draw closer to God in powerful ways. Wow. Simple but profound. Wow. Um, so good. Review. Well, that's Love why that we one. do this. We want you to draw closer to the Lord no matter what season you've found yourself in. Yeah. So this conversation is going to draw you closer to the Lord. I promise you that. So let's lean in and listen to my conversation with Colleen Chow. Well, Colleen, it's so great to have you joining me on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh, it's an honor and a gift. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm I'm really excited to hear about your journey. I you know I know that um, even just not knowing a whole lot, but 
just having a little bit of interaction with you right now before we went on air, I can just sense the Lord all over you. And I know he's mm-hmm. been all in your journey. And so I'm excited yeah. for our listeners and for, for myself to hear where he's shown up in, in, in your pain story. Why don't you, before you dive into your story, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, mm-hmm. where you're from, what your family's like. Just give us a little you know, modern day context, and then we'll dive back <laughs> into your story. Yeah. Well, I um, I'm married to an amazing man named Eddie. I got mm. married at 34 years old, and then within a year had this beautiful baby boy, um, Jeremy. His name means the Lord lifts up and sets free, and oh, I wow. just love that. And he's a gift. He's a miracle, miracle baby. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it's we're living in Idaho right now after okay. our entire lives in California. <laughs> so okay. we've been here a year, and it's um, it's been an adjustment and a blessing yeah. and putting down new roots, yeah. missing our old roots, and yeah. um, but good people up here that we, we've enjoyed connecting with. And I, yeah. um, my side gig is editing and writing, Okay. Um, but I get to be really engaged at home and with my son and with our current journey. Um, I, it's been good because um, I can do that very minimally mm-hmm. when I have energy and health for that, um, dealing with some... I don't know how much you want me to share right yeah, now. Go about, ahead. Yeah, yeah just, go ahead. Just yeah, so living through um, a terminal diagnosis right now. And just, mm. um, so that's shifted a lot of our norm. Yeah. <laughs> Normal looks different right now. Yeah. But we, um, yeah, we're just seeing God all over, all over the place and mm. just grateful for being where we are and seeing Him wow. move. And yeah, wow. I feel, yep. Wow. I feel very yeah. privileged by by where we're at right now, but also there's a lot to share here. <laughs> there's a lot so, to share because even yeah. as you're saying that those two things mm-hmm. in the same sentence, you're saying mm-hmm. that you are living with a terminal diagnosis mm-hmm. and yet you're also saying that there's, you know, I'm hearing from you. There's so much joy in life and mm-hmm. experiencing God and all of that. And, and yeah. I'll be honest with you, most of us who are listening to this, we can't reconcile those two. We're like, wait a minute, how yeah. in the world? Yeah. <laughs> can you say that? How can those two things, both of them, come out of your mouth at the same time? You know? Yeah. And yeah. So, well, sometimes they don't. <laughs> you yeah. know, depending upon the moment, sometimes I can't say both in the same breath. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. why don't you, why don't you kind of back us up and give us a little bit of context? Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when did this come about? You know, how's this, um, when, when did everything begin that started you down this road? Mm. Well, I I was a little girl with big dreams. <laughs> yeah. I've always related a lot with Joseph in the Bible, just mm. a dreamer, big big dreamer, yeah. and um, and I think some of those dreams um, were put in my heart by God. They were from mm-hmm. Him, but they were full of me, you know, as a yeah. as a yeah. young girl, as a teenage girl, um, and so it took kind of being blindsided by depression for the first time when I was 19. Um, and, you know, I, I tell people all the time, I had I had the world on a string. I, yeah. Not that my childhood was super easy, but it, I just, I was a big dreamer and I, I'd been yeah. given a lot, you know, I, yeah. I'd been given um, a lot as a kid and just thought that I was a pretty awesome gift to people. Right. <laughs> so right. depression hit and that <laughs> began a journey um, of a couple decades with mm. um, cycles of deep depression, 
dark, okay. dark depression. And then it wouldn't be sustained, but it would come and go. And yeah. and then anxiety and panic attacks. Yeah. And then um, as I moved into my 20s, all of my friends were getting married young, like right. um, 21, 22, 23. Right, yeah. And I hit 25 and I'm like, what's going on? This isn't what everybody else's experience yeah. is. And I didn't know what to make of that at that point. And I, I talked to God a lot about it. And I think at that point, between depression and the singleness, um, I was starting to understand that life wasn't going to look like I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, the, I was on the cusp of some really new realities about God that I had no idea of. I, I had him yeah. in a, a really beautiful little box package <sighs> tied up, right? And it, it wasn't, it wasn't working out the way I thought it should. And so it, it's almost like this beautiful dialogue began between God and me. And then 30 hit and I was still single, mm. <laughs> still experiencing bouts of depression. And I had these weird physical symptoms start to explode into some chronic pain and illness. Mm. Um, and I just could not reconcile what was going on with my life. <laughs> yeah, but in absolutely. the middle of that, there was so much... Um, there were so many gifts in singleness. There were so many joys. I I got to do things that are just, I still look back and smile. Like, God, you were just wow. giving me so much during that time. So much ministry, so many fruitful friendships and mm. discipleship, mentorship. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't a bad time. It was yeah. just so differently. It was working out so differently than I thought. Yeah. So um, anyway, in my early 30s, I wrestled deep. I was struggling hard, and yet I was understanding, too, that um, I was experiencing God's realness and love in a way that a lot of my friends were looking at me and say, saying, I don't experience Him like that, you mm. know? And their lives had kind of unfolded in a typical way. Yeah. And here I was, not able to figure out where I fit in a world full of couples. Like, my circles were all married with kids. Right. Um I didn't fit, but I was experiencing God, and yeah. I was finding Him to be who He was saying He was in Scripture. Um, it was, it was almost like His reality was clear to me because the things that I was clinging to were being stripped away. Right, right, right. And then um, met my amazing husband and got married, and immediately my health just started. I got pregnant right away, which is such a miracle. I mean, some of my friends who have struggled with yeah. infertility, I can't even. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel spoiled that we got pregnant so quickly and we would not be able to again. Um, but in that time, my health, it just it, it unraveled. And then I, I had this beautiful little baby boy who had massive health issues. Mm. And so at that point, I remember writing like, God, here are the things I've prayed for and waited for and asked you for. And now I feel like I can't even enjoy them because of all these crazy things that continue to unfold. Um, but again, he was taking me deeper. And then we wow. had, um, when Jeremy was six, he's almost 11 now, in a few weeks. When he was six, wow. we had um, a summer where there were like five or six weeks of health, both him and me. And yeah. Eddie, my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, maybe we're out of the woods. Maybe this is like... Maybe we've kind of earned some relief. I don't think yeah. we would never say it that way, but but that's what that's, you were. Yeah, that's what we right. Yeah. And at least hoping, like okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so some funny. We were just, we were just my 
co-host and I were talking about this as we were kind yeah. of recording intros and outros that sometimes we kind of feel like that suffering it can be this like, okay, there, it, there's this thing that I'm doing as almost penance or earning or like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, it, it is, as soon as I get to a certain point where I've passed the test of suffering, then it's yep. like, okay, we're done. We've got to that destination. Yep. Now we've, <laughs> we've arrived to where we need to be in terms of our relationship with God. I get it now. Okay. Now I can enjoy life. I got this. Totally. Now. Totally. Um, Yes. And I think that was my mindset at that point. And I was just sharing recently um, with someone that my my whole mindset has shifted. Now I don't look at it like, okay, I want to learn this lesson so we can move on. (laughs) God, what are you teaching me? Because let's check this off the list and get to something better. And now it's a totally different perspective. Like, how am I going to experience more of Jesus in this? Yeah. What is he doing? What's he up to? How is yeah. he using this for his big, you know, glorious, amazing story? It's a it's a very different perspective I have. And because, wow. um, because after that um, little window of health, I found a little lump um, yeah. and found out I had cancer. So we went through that journey. Got the all clear, um, and then last year um, found out it was back, and this time it was stage four terminal. Oh, and so it's that shift in my mentality. There's not an yeah. end to this one where I get to fight through and say, yes, you know, cancer-free, I'm a warrior. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. it's it doesn't end like that. And so this whole perspective change has been a really beautiful thing. And looking back over my shoulder at a couple of decades of going, oh my goodness, I actually see God's hand in all this. I yeah. see I see a lot of beauty in this, but man, it takes some ugly dark days to get to that, right? Like you get this where wow. we we fight hard to find the beauty or to wow. experience Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. Man, Colleen, there's so much that you've said that, you know, it's... It just, it, it sits heavy on me and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I want to unpack so many different things, but I'm, I'm just like, I just, I'll be as transparent and probably fumble through this as, as <laughs> I, I don't like to fumble through the things like this because <laughs> I like to have gathered, collected thoughts. And, and right now what you've shared with me, it doesn't allow me to gather or collect mm-hmm. my thoughts because I just can't help but know that I'm, I'm talking with somebody right now who you're, you're death is a very real thing on the horizon for you barring some kind of amazing, unbelievable miracle here on earth. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but you're, you have this perspective that on one hand on some level, all of us probably should have, because we have Mm -hmm. we have no idea when we're going to step into eternity, but you know, I, Mm -hmm. I'm really, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I get to have this conversation with you. And here's why, because mm-hmm. most of the time we're having conversations with folks who have lost somebody. Yeah, right. And so yeah. we're kind of gleaning insight from their experience of, mm. I don't know if I've had a conversation with someone who is going, Hey, I'm facing this and mm. um, it's probably going to be soon. I'm going to be with Jesus. Mm. And now I'm looking back on life and I'm looking at what God is doing and all of this. And I want to share with you mm. how I see things. And I wish I could, you know, have a moment where I get like a portal into 
heaven and go sit down with my late wife and say, okay, mm. now that you've experienced it, like, what, what do you think about yes. life? And what do you think about these things? And mm. we get a moment right now where we get to talk to you about this. Mm. And so I, a few, you know, a few things that come up, um, through that lens, through that lens of, of going, Hey, you know, eternity is very real and mm. life is very short. Um, and there's, there's a, a very real finality that we're going to experience. You, you, you gave us kind of a, you gave us context for your journey in that there were things you desired, mm. things that you hoped for dreams that you yes. have, and you weren't realizing those things. Other people mm. around you were experiencing life as normal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. American dream. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Exactly yeah. how they had it mapped <laughs> out and planned out. Yeah. And you're going, I'm seeing that it's not happening this way for me. Yeah. And yet I'm experiencing this richness yes. with the Lord. Yes. And yet it was not enjoyable. Yes. Right. <laughs> All the things, yes. And yet there was joy in it, right? So it's like, (laughs) can you kind of unpack that for me a little bit? Because Mm -hmm. there's so much, it's it's profound right there. It's Mm -hmm. profound. I mean, you even said that like what you were clinging to or what we all have a tendency to cling to were being stripped away from you almost, it seems like strategically by the Lord so that you could experience this. Totally. So Mm -hmm. so I kind of unpack, like how in the world do you walk through not experiencing what you hope for and dream Mm. you're disappointed perpetually by God. Mm -hmm. And yet you're saying, ah, but it's on some level, it feels worth it. Yes. Beautifully. You're saying it so beautifully. Yes. Yeah. I think there, there's so much, right. I'm going to fumble through, (laughs) like you said, you feel that's because we're dealing with mystery. We're dealing with, um, stuff on the other side of yeah. reality in eternal realms that does not make sense in our finite understanding. Mm. We're de- so we're dealing with big, big stuff, right? And we can only grasp a little of it. Um, so mm. uh, the, the thing that comes to mind is um, that it's a one day at a time experience. And mm. if I had been shown, <laughs> you yeah. know, at 19, like, oh, this is just the beginning. You know, like for the next two decades, I would have never gotten out of bed or or done something more drastic, to be honest. Like I could not have handled seeing the big picture. And yet the flip side of that is, had I been able to see what that would, how, how the suffering would free me, how it would make me live more out of the heart Jesus has given me. How I I would have pressed through with better perspective. So it's just it's always this mix. It's always this mystery. But I think um those days of just being raw and real with God. There were times I screamed. If my roommates were gone, I I screamed. Yeah. <laughs> I and I knew that God could take it. That's what he was proving to me was that mm. he could take it. He not everyone can no one's designed to take our full raw, no, real, right? No, like it's right. too much. It's too it much is, for yeah. another human. But I was learning um, to go to him over and over and over. And so that habit, that pressing, and I would not have gone to him yeah. had my life gone according to my plan. So 
it was this sense of going to him and going to him and going to him and not going to him all pretty and not going to him having the right words. Sometimes I didn't have the right words. So I was wailing. I was in the fetal position in my closet, you know, um, some ugly, ugly stuff that God could handle. And I think that binds us to him, gives us an attachment to him that we can't get any other way. And so there was this, he was so real to me because I would go to him like that and then I would leave changed, not leave him, but I would be able to get up off the floor of my closet. I would stop screaming, (laughs) you know, like, and he had shown up and he'd said something from his word to my heart and it changed in that moment, it changed my heart, it changed my brain, <laughs> and it wow. helped me to step another step forward wow. and see His goodness. So, I mean, I could go on and on, but that that's an initial thought yeah. for some of how this has unfolded. Yeah. Hey, Nothing is Wasted family. I wanted to interrupt this conversation for a brief moment to let you know about a powerful resource that we have available for you. It's called the Pain to Purpose course. Now, I know many of you guys have heard of this, but in case you're new and you haven't heard of this, I wanted to make sure that you were in the know about this. Now, listen, if you were to ask me this one question, Davey, what's the most important Nothing is Wasted resource that I should engage with? I would tell you, hands down, the Pain to Purpose course is it. Thousands of people now have found tremendous healing and breakthrough in their valley by walking through this course. Now, it's emotionally and spiritually intense, but I promise you it's well worth it. The Pain to Purpose course is an 11-video online course where I'll help you do four major things. Okay, the first one is this. I'll help you remove the debris of crisis in your life. So like trauma, tragedy, major life transition. The second thing is I'll guide you through the steps of repairing the emotional, relational, and spiritual broken pieces that were left in the wake of your trauma. Third, I'm going to lay out for you how to reestablish a firm foundation for a healthy and whole life. And finally, I'll help you discover and step into the missional and redemptive purposes God has for you out of your trauma. Over the past several years of hosting this podcast, I've noticed some things. No one's pain journey is the same. However, there are some common denominators that every pain to purpose story shares. And there are some common things that everyone who goes from tragedy to triumph have to do. So my team and I took those common denominators and we distilled them into an 11 video curriculum to give you the handles, or as we call them, waypoints that you'll need in order to walk through your unique pain journey. This course is essentially an entire year's worth of counseling condensed into 11 videos and a fraction of the cost of counseling. I believe counseling is is very important to your healing journey. If the Pain to Purpose course had existed back when I lost my wife in 2015, I still would have sought counseling, but I wouldn't have had to have spent so much time or money with that counselor because I would have been light years ahead of things just from taking the Pain to Purpose course. So I'd love to invite you to begin accessing the course today. You can go to course.nothingiswasted.com to do that. Again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com. And as a little bonus, I convinced my team to let me give you a discount. So right now for a limited time, you can get $25 
off the purchase of the course by using the promo code podcast at checkout. So again, that, that promo code is podcast. Maybe the course isn't something that you need right now, but you do have an option to purchase it as a gift for someone in your life who does need it right now. So just make sure you select the gift certificate option while you're purchasing that. So again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com and use the code podcast to get $25 off. Now back to this conversation. So I'm assuming that prior to age 19, you had some kind of a foundation for, you know, a walk with Jesus and mm. God's mm. word. And because you just said, yeah. you know, in those moments as you're like crying out to God, yes, he, something would come up, you know, God's word, he would, he would breathe that into you. Something yes. would come to your recall yep. and it would, it would change that synapses yeah. that was happening, that, that yep. neural pathway. Yep. And, <laughs> you know, which is amazing because this is. Right. Romans 12, one yeah. and two, do not yes. perform me longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love totally. that Paul was a neuroscientist and he didn't realize that he was yes. a neuroscientist. Yes, he was, he was. <laughs> but, but it is like God's word yeah. does that. It re, and, and more importantly, yeah. the experience of God, the emotional experience of God yes. right there in your closet as you're crying out to him, yeah. that coupled with the power of the word of God is what really yes. rewires those things so we can yeah. see from a different perspective. Yeah. And so what, you know, I would say how, what was your foundation like mm. prior to 19? I know mm-hmm. aside from life being really, you know, you had the world on on a string and yeah, life seemed yeah. good. Yeah. What was that? And, and coupled with that, how necessary would you say that part of your journey was for foundation mm. for the next part of your journey? That's a really good question. Um, I had the privilege of growing up in a home that loved Jesus. My dad was a pastor. And so I got a lot of good train, you know, just training without even right. it being official training. I just, I right. saw how he went into the word and taught the word and how my parents lived um, mm. a, a real faith. It was real yeah. at home yeah. as well as at church. Wow. Um, but I was a very um, difficult child. <laughs> Yeah. My my parents had six <laughs> kids and I was the first and I'm like, I don't know why you had five more because I, I gave them a run for their money um, <laughs> and just did crazy things at a young age. So I understood my need for a savior. That was obvious mm. um, at a very young age, but it wasn't until 11, I had... Um, I de- I developed an ulcer from my anxiety, from guilt over stuff, like I, just uh-huh. crazy. Um, and at that age... God just gave me this longing for Him to be Lord of my life, not just Mm. Savior, but to have His way in my life. And my heart caught fire for the Word. And so at age 11, through my teens, it was kind of flip-flop for me. My my difficult years were the younger years. My teenage (laughs) years were like growth and digging deep with God. You're providing hope for me because I have a nine-year-old. And an almost eight-year-old, and okay. it feels really difficult. I also have a two and a half-year-old. It feels very difficult go. at this stage. <laughs> yes. So maybe because we yeah, keep saying, maybe. "Oh, if it's this bad, then teenage years right, is going right, to be." Right. Uh, so maybe, maybe it'll be the you. opposite. It's just simple, simple little nuggets of hope right there, Colleen. Right, Thank you. right. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, teenagers were really, really um, significant in my growth right. with the Lord. 
And I was lonely a lot because a lot of my peers were not um, in that space mm. um, or definitely not believers. Um, so that foundation, little did I know that God was preparing me, you know, yeah. and building stuff in my heart and my mind. Now I say that, and I was totally full of myself and self-righteous and probably really difficult to be around <laughs> wow. because wow, I, yeah. I knew a lot, right? Like yeah. I was, I was getting um, all this good, good information. And I, yes, I was experiencing God, but it was more um, good works. And mm, I wanted yeah. to measure up. I was a, you know, firstborn pastor's kid. I wanted to please everyone. Right. Me too. So, I get it. Me oh, too. there you go. Firstborn <laughs> pastor's kid. There's a whole nother. Special like, kind of special. They need to, there's a whole nother line of counseling for those of us who are firstborn. I totally agree. We need like totally a agree. camp all to ourselves. <laughs> Intensive High therapy. Intensive therapy. <laughs> it's so true. A special kind of mess up. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I um I'm grateful for that time, but I also see how much I was uh yeah, just you know, full of my own good works and what I could do for God. Yeah, right, right, absolutely. <laughs> so so there was there were certainly some really valuable things that came yes, out of that that have yes. you know that have bled into and been, you know, really helpful for how yeah. you've been experiencing life right now. Absolutely. And God's been faithful to burn away yeah. some of the, you know, the legalism or the self-righteousness yes. or the, yep. you know, through and, and often pain and suffering does that for us. Right. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. Would you, when, when you're looking at that and you're going, okay, because a lot of times what can creep into people's minds is like, well, is this, was this something that was necessary then for me to walk through this pain and suffering in order to yeah. be refined and sanctified into more of the image of Christ? I mean, God, you could have, listen, we could have sat down and we could have done this a different way. Right. You know, I, right. I would have gotten my act together if you had just taught me this, like somehow yeah. in a lecture or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think this was like, necessary that you went, mm. or do you think this was, I mean, how would, how do you reconcile that? Because mm. that's, that's a tough wrestling for all, for all of us. And yeah. each one of our pain points of going like, wait, did God do this or did he allow this or yeah. was this necessary for, or what, you know, how do you, yeah. how do you reconcile with that? Yeah. And I think I, it's funny. I think over time I've been able to justify like a certain amount of suffering. <laughs> like, oh, this mm -hmm. makes sense. I see that God wants to make me more like him. Mm. And then there's a threshold where you go, whoa, way too much. We paid we passed way too much long yeah. ago, right? Yeah, like right. you know this. You've you've right. been there. Um and I think that's when it's been insanely painful. And I have um wrestled so hard with God and been angry with him. And um, again, that raw, unfiltered, unedited version of me with God. Yeah. And what, again, he's so faithful in those times to speak. Like he is, yeah. he engages, he's there, he's near, and he breaks through. Um, and I've become really convinced of what the Apostle Paul said, um, that my my deepest desire is to know Christ and the fellowship of his sufferings. Mm. And that's that's how we know him. We suffer. 
Like that is so clear in the New Testament, and we hate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Does awesome not fit into our Western American no. construct for Christianity. No. That's for sure. No, wow. but I think that is truly if we were serious about knowing that that's the ultimate treasure, the ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. That that's the bigger dream. Um, all of these other dreams are lesser substitute, um, mm. shabby, anemic dreams. But if we regarded wow. that to know Christ is the big, big dream, then suffering is put in its place as a gift. It, it doesn't make it easy. It doesn't take the sting and the awfulness out of it, but it it gives us the perspective to kind of wrap our arms around it, even as we might fight it. Again, wow. back to mystery, right? Wow. Um, and that's become more and more of a reality for me is thinking like this is this is the best thing that could happen to me is to know more of Christ and go, like C.S. Lewis said in the last battle, further up and further in. <sighs> that is treasure. That's That's the real deal. But that's easy to say. <laughs> yeah. On the daily, that can be hard to live and embrace. Absolutely. Absolutely. What does that look like on the daily then? You know, because mm-hmm. we're sitting here with headphones and a microphone and it's really, <laughs> you know, and, and no doubt in your story and my story, God's brought some really profound insights into mm-hmm. who, who he is and, and yeah. a new perspective on life because of our suffering. Mm-hmm. And we can articulate those things, but you know, practically, if someone's listening to this and they're going, okay, I'm struggling, I get that cognitively. I can, mm-hmm. I can hear you say that, Colleen, but I'm struggling mm-hmm. with applying that on the mm-hmm. daily. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, wh- yeah. What, is that, what does that look like? How do you apply it every day? Mm-hmm. Because, I, I mean, every day you're waking up with this reality, this very present reality of like, yeah. wow, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. And now I've got to apply this again. Yes. I've got to. Okay, this is how I have to see this. So how do you do that? Yeah, yeah. And that's so true. It is um, a daily. Uh, I've recently told my best friends it feels like um, rubbing up against normal is really painful right now because mm. this reality is an hourly present reality. I don't. I never forget that this is what's happening. You know, that my body is in the process of dying. That's, it doesn't escape um, my thoughts. Um, and so what I've been so grateful for over time, God's so faithful. He's just, He equips us for what He's going to carry us through. And even when we're in the midst of going through something we do not feel equipped for at all, He He's giving us what we need. You know, it's it's Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And so some of the things he's given me along the way um, are super practical handles. And one of them is I choose gratitude and I thank God wow. as much as I can. And I, it, sometimes it's, oh, God, thank you for this hot black cup of decaf coffee. Mm. I, and just like being able to find something really small or look at that beautiful bird right outside my window and to listen to the song and just thank God for something simple. Sometimes I can thank Him for something bigger, you know, Um, but sometimes that's all I can kind of muster. But that 
act of thanksgiving, and this is a, a common thing we hear even in the secular yeah. world, right, is thanksgiving is transformative. But I think as believers, it's a unique kind of gratitude mm-hmm. that helps us tap into the awareness of God's nearness and that, mm-hmm. wow, if He gave me this and He gave me this other gift and this other little good thing, um, it kind of tunes our hearts to the fact that maybe He is a good God after all in the moment where we're feeling like, are you bad? Like, are you mean? Are you... But to say, okay, I'm going to stop and just thank you, God, for this little thing, for the fact I just got to hug my son again. Um, I just got to look my husband in the eyes again and give him a huge hug, right? And you know this stuff. You know this stuff. um, And other different handles along the way of, um, you know, staying connected with my people and being honest and um, not isolating and still reaching out with two people that might not understand what this is like, um, but choosing a few life-giving, really healthy people that will remind me of who I am and um, who are for me and who are going to be with me to the end. Um, That can't be a big crowd right now, but it's a few really precious people who have been around for decades. Um, And I could go on and on with little, you know, handles like remembering a, a, a time where God was really good and just dwelling on that memory and replaying it and um, wow. remembering what it, it felt like and smelled like and just putting myself back in a place where, oh, that was such a good gift back then. And God, you're the same now as you were back then. And so maybe today is nothing like that good moment, but I can remember that you were good and what it felt like to be at peace and to not be fearful or angry or any of that yeah, stuff. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's handles that God's given. He's so faithful um, to not leave us stranded. (laughs) Colleen, what I'm hearing you say is that your spirit is practicing for heaven. Oh, I love that. Because I I I feel like even as as we were talking, as you're saying those things, I'm going, I feel like heaven is a place where we will never take for granted any of the small Mm, things. So Of the little blessings. It's like our senses will be so acutely attuned to all the little tiny pleasures that God has brought around us that it just, they're firing all the time with this gratitude and this worship and this awe and this wonder. And it's like, Mm. you know, here on this side of eternity, we're so weighed down by the presence of sin, the curse of sin, the presence of suffering, this like... We see dimly, but you know, it's, it's like, man, I just, and so those things, you know, everything that so easily entangles us as scripture tells us, those things tend to cause us to get distracted or sidetracked or weighed down or, and we take for granted the little small moments and indicators of God's faithfulness. And you're telling me right now, as you're intentionally tuning into those things, it's causing Mm -hmm. this peace yeah. To surface. Yeah. I and love how you put things. Yes. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hey, everybody who's <laughs> listening to this, listen to this right now, right? Like, mm, yeah. This is the practice. I'm challenged by this, Colleen, because mm. this is the practice that every single one of us should be doing on a daily basis. Mm. Well, I'm challenged by it to say it because I better keep living it. <laughs> right? Wow. Like, I don't get let off the hook. I got to keep, keep right. at this. So it's, it's a good, it's a good word back to myself. Whew. Wow. That's I love so, how you said that. So practice for, how'd you say that? Practice for heaven. Our spirit is practicing for heaven. Whew. Yeah. That's, 
that is good. Yes. Hey friends, I, I know that so many of you who are listening to this are currently carrying a heavy weight of pain and loss. I mean, after all, that's probably what drew you to our podcast. And here's what I know. I know when we start to process what's going on in our lives, we can often find ourselves paralyzed by the pain and not really knowing where to go from here. We even begin to, to hear or tell ourselves lies like, this is the end of your story. This will always define you. And, and trust me, I've, I've been there. But, but I've also, as I've come through it, realized that those are just that, they're lies. This doesn't have to define you. This isn't the end of your story. With the help of others, I was able to navigate my way out of that valley. Listen, at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, we exist to help you navigate your pain and even find purpose in that pain. So if you're new to our community and you're wondering where to start, or if you've been with us for some time and you're just looking to take a next step, I want to invite you to a free webinar that I'm hosting just for you. It's called Five Steps to Taking Back Your Story No Matter What You've Gone Through. In this webinar, I'm going to share with you a little bit of my own journey of how God met me and, and guided me after losing my wife, Amanda. And I'm going to teach you five critical steps that you'll have to take in order to rewrite your story. The webinar is an hour and a half long, but I promise you, it will be well worth your time because in this webinar, you're going to learn how to regain a sense of agency and begin thriving, not just surviving, but thriving in the midst of trying circumstances. I'm going to teach you why having more questions than answers is an essential part of moving forward. I'm also going to teach you how to get rid of the overwhelming negative emotions that tend to bog you down and get you stuck. We're going to talk about the one keystone decision that is proven to get you out of your pain. And I'm going to teach you how to listen to the right voices when everyone seems to have an opinion on what you should do next. And listen, we're going to talk about a ton more. So if you're feeling weighed down, or paralyzed by the pain that you're experiencing, I want you to know you don't have to stay there. I would love to be your guide and show you the way back to thriving. So here's what you need to do. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here to sign up for this free webinar. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just click the webinar link on the show notes of this episode. We've made it extremely easy for you to sign up, and we're offering multiple date and time options for this webinar in order to work with your calendar. So go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Just click the webinar link that we've included in the show notes of this episode to sign up for your spot on this webinar. I believe this one step could be the very breakthrough that you need to put you on the redemptive path that God has for you. I'm in your corner. Can't wait to connect with you soon. Go ahead and sign up now. Look forward to seeing you. My wife and I were having this conversation that, like, um, you know, the more that we see the presence of evil in this world, mm. and, and I, I don't know if evil is more present in this world or we're just waking up to it more mm. because as you get yeah. older, you kind of, you know, some of that childlike. <laughs> naivety subsides yeah. and fades yeah. away and you get, you experience more things and you're like, so now sure. you're not surprised by things as much as you used to be. Yes. Because you're like, okay. And so regardless, however wow. that is, we're mm. encountering and learning of more and more evil in this world and more yeah. and more hurt and more and more yes. suffering and more and more that you can almost see how that readies your spirit for heaven. Mm. Yes. Right. 
And I wonder if that would be true to your experience too, where like you kind of get to a place where you go, I'm ready for, yeah, because this, this world right here is not my home. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the freedom too in that, you're exactly right, is that it's, it's harder to get embroiled in this stuff right now because it is passing so quickly. And I don't mean to negate the severity of some of this awful stuff that's going on. Not at all. It's quite, it's actually the opposite because I think I feel because of suffering, I feel more deeply with people who suffer than ever before over the years, right? It, 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 it attunes us to people's suffering. So in one sense, my mercy and compassion is bigger than ever. In another sense, some of the stuff that just seems crazy, you know, like the hatred and the anger and everyone having, you know, these huge opinions about things just seems crazy. You know, at this stage of things, it's like that stuff doesn't matter. Let's, let's go where people are suffering and don't have the hope of Jesus. Mm. And so I think it's, um, yeah, it really is a beautiful perspective in the midst of a world that feels like it's just hemorrhaging left and right. Like, but to, to think about the fact um, that I think as we believers suffer, we we are shining. This it's such it sounds cliche, but I feel the reality of it so much. It is a light in the darkness mm. to watch believers suffer with hope. Yep. And yep. I think when we're sitting pretty and we're living the American dream, why would the world even bother with us? Yep. Why would they even listen to us? Yep. <laughs> because we've got everything they have plus Jesus, right? Yeah. Like. Okay, big deal. But when we see people, I've been transformed by those who have suffered and shown me what it means to experience Jesus and find His love in a deeper way and and pour out their lives for others, even while they suffer. Like that stuff is, it's amazing. So it's it's motivating to... to live this well. I mean, and when I say well, yeah. it's messy and it's not all, yeah, it doesn't always absolutely. look great, but, right, right. but to keep, keep close to Jesus yeah. because he's, he, he wants the light to burn brighter in this darkness than yeah. ever before. That's so good. I, one of the books I read after my late wife was killed, I was, uh, mm-hmm. it was so profound and, and so powerful mm-hmm. and impactful. It was, um, John Piper filling up the afflictions of Christ. Ooh. <laughs> And, I've not read that one, but Piper's <clears throat> amazing. Well, the first half of it was him dissecting that statement from, I think, I believe Colossians, right? Where it says wow, that we yep. fill up, yes. we as his body fill up the afflictions of Christ. And yes. then the second half of it is all these stories of missionaries and people who are on like the front mm. lines of ministry who had experienced intense, awful suffering and tragedy. Yeah. And, you know, yep. and so his whole point was, um, how do you, how do we fill up the afflictions of Christ? Doesn't it seem like it's full, uh, right? Jesus on right, the cross right. <laughs> doesn't seem like you can do, how do we add to that? How do right, we, right. Um, but he was saying mm. that, you know, here in, in 2022, mm. nobody has actually physically seen Jesus on the cross, mm. right? We, we've not, yes. we didn't witness that. So yep. we didn't witness his suffering. We didn't watch yes. him walk the road with the cross on his back. And oh. choose, right, for the joy set before yes. him to endure the cross. We didn't watch that. We can hear about it. We can be like, wow, it's so profound, even just wow. in the spiritual experience of embracing sure. that, receiving sure. the forgiveness, of course, but we didn't see it. And the only yep. way that non-believers, that the world witnesses the suffering of Christ is the suffering mm-hmm. of his body, believers. Wow. And when they walk with that same wow. focus... Yep. 
for the joy set before them, wow. they endure the cross. And that is what awakens people to the the passion of Christ, that right? And I was good. like, yes, that's incredible. But it's exactly what you're saying. That's, that's incredible. Exactly what yes. You're saying. Yes. You know, that, that the world wow. is, is not impressed by <laughs> a Christian who is, everything is up and to the right. They're like in right. awe of the ones like, how do you stand yes. with what you're going through? Yes. And it's like only Christ, only totally. Jesus. And the conversations with my, my precious friends and family who are not believers, it's like dynamite conversation. It's oh, I it, can imagine, it, right? Like I mean, it's this, incredible. this feels like such a sacred conversation, Colleen. I can't imagine all the conversations you have. They all are probably it's, like, oh my gosh, like oh, you're so sweet. I don't know about that. It's just it's so living. It's so real. It's not. It doesn't feel cliche or forced. It's just hmm. as beautiful. It's beautiful what God is doing, and He can only do that right when He He, he crushes us. I, wow. I mean, honestly, it's. Wow. Beauty from ashes. That's how he. That's how he does it. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be big things. I'm really quick to tell people this too. It doesn't have to be yeah. cancer or a terminal diagnosis, yeah. or it can be other stuff that just wears over time. You know. And I feel like that's what singleness was for me. Yeah. That was excruciating over time to not have what everyone else had. It just wore me to the bones sometimes, and. And yet, that's mm. what was freeing me. And that's what, so I, I do like to make that qualification because I think some people will feel left out like, oh, I'm, I don't have this huge suffering. But mm. it's, it's, it can be a daily thing that's, right, yeah. that's um, wearisome or hard. And yeah. everyone has their own hard, their own unique ways of, of being broken, yeah. right? Right. Mental right. illness or, I mean, it, the list could go on. Absolutely. And on, so. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, so I'm curious about a couple of things. Um, and I'd love to hear your insight on this. You know, there, uh, I've definitely, I mean, just recently have walked with, uh, someone in a congregation that I'm a teaching pastor at who, mm. um, had essentially a, a terminal diagnosis was fighting really hard and, and, wow. and then she passed away and we were, mm. um, brazenly like praying fervently for mm. healing. Right. Yep. And, yep. and, and I know that yep. this is the conversation in, in so many circles, right. Is yes. How do we reconcile a God who we know can heal? We know totally. can raise from the dead. We know can. Yep. Okay. And, 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 and yet he doesn't in some situations and he yep. does in some situations. Yes. So I'm sure you've wrestled through those thoughts. Absolutely. I'm sure you've prayed really big, bold prayers. I'm sure. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and my, I, my, I'm curious where you mm -hmm. land with all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. there is this ever present reality. And then there's also this mm -hmm. other reality that, yeah. that touches our reality. This like, yes, this supernatural that intervenes and interjects often in our, Yes. In our earthly reality. So talk to me about that. I don't even know if I have a question mm. for you. I just want to know where you land and where yeah. you have landed because I'm sure you've wrestled on yeah. both sides of things. Yeah. I love that you've brought this up because this is um, actually something I've given so much thought to in the last year. Um, interestingly enough, God has not let me pray for a miracle for myself. Hmm. But 
like I've not been free to do that. So for some reason, there is such a huge restraint. But I will tell you what, it means so much wow. to me when other people do. Yeah. Because I'm not dead yet. <laughs> you know, like right. I'm I'm going to live fully until the last day or as as long as much as I can, I'm going to live. Right. And so I love when people aren't like, oh, terminal diagnosis, peace out. It's like they long, right? right? They long right. for healing. And I yeah. love that. Like if somebody has pneumonia or they have COVID, we're praying for their healing. Right. Right. So of course, this is a natural response. That's right. What I found for myself is God, give me more time because I do sense that he has a little bit more work for me to do. Mm. Um, and I, I've prayed that when it is time for my body to decline, that I would be at peace with the fact that I've done what he's wanted me to do. Mm. Um, so all of that to say, I've, I've definitely spent a lot of time this last year thinking about this because of people's different responses. And some people who have just claimed in Jesus' name, you're healed, the cancer's gone. And I'm like, right. but it's not. <laughs> It's actually not. <laughs> you just laid your hand on me. But that it's that feels a little arrogant to me. 100%. It's like, how do you, right? you can't formulate a, a move of God. No, you know? no. And, Who knows uh, the will? Yes. It just gets so goofy, doesn't it? It really, it really so does. Goofy. It really and I've does. seen God heal really people, does. right? I've seen totally. it. So I believe it. Yes. I know it. But yeah. it just gets so goofy and you want to be like, listen, don't. I, mm. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> No, God gives grace in that moment, but those are the times where I'm like, oh my goodness, I just want to sit down and share with them yeah. how beautiful it is to not be God. You know, like yeah. just let God be God. But I love wow. that people pray, wow. and I, um, I think the the tension is what Paul wrote about, right? To yeah. to stay here is good for those we get to love and care for. It's True. to stay here means more fruitful work, but to go is far better. Wow. Um, wow. And right now, I can't even say, to be real honest, I, I don't want to go because I have a son and husband. Yeah. And my son is just turning 11. And yeah. when my suffering is over, their suffering gets worse. And so does yeah. I have a huge family and I have some really, really close, close, precious best friends mm. um, that are grieving. They're all grieving big. Yeah. And they're amazing, and they're walking this beautifully, and they have faith. But um, I'd love to be around so that I don't cause more pain, you know? Um, and so that's when I cry out to God, like, would you just give me more time? Can I see my t son turn 13? It would be a miracle. Um, but last year at this time, the cancer was so fast, I didn't. I, I was like, God, would you let me see Jeremy turn 11? And he's turning 11 in two weeks. Uh, it's just... Wow. So already miracles have happened, yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, I don't know that I'm really answering it well, but I think it's that, it's a tension. It's the, again, the mystery of, yeah. um, you know, living with yeah. open hands, not doing this, yeah. um, but also fighting for, not, I'm not here to fight cancer. I want to fight for more time because it's fruitful work to be here. Yeah. When God ends up taking me, it will mean that fruitful work is His to do something with. You know, if He wants to continue to do something with the words I've written or any of that, that's up to Him. Um, but I would love some more time to to mm. love on people. Mm. That's, yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't know if that answered or if you... It did, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was very beautifully put. 
um, I mean, especially there, I, I, I hadn't really even, what you referenced there with Paul, to live as Christ, to die as gain, right? Mm. Like to live here means, what, what, what that means to live as Christ is, yeah. is fruitful labor on others' yeah. behalf, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah. just even important for us to recognize that our yeah. job, our mission here on earth, yeah. right? We yep. don't get to determine how long we're enlisted in that. Yeah. But, but yeah. we do we do know we have a mission here as believers yes. and for us to wake up yeah. every day on purpose. Oh, I love that. Not yes. knowing if this is our last day to be on purpose. But then totally. even what you said right there where it's like, okay, when God takes me, it's even better, right? Praise right. God. Right. But... But what you said right there is, I pray that my my I would be ready, like my mm, yeah. I'd be at peace that I had, that I've accomplished everything. Yeah, I mean, even Paul said that too, right? That I'm I'm a drink offering already poured out. Yeah, yeah. Like you can, he said this at the end of his life and ministry, and, and and you can you can hear from him this like, all right, it's it's time. I I have yeah. fulfilled everything that I was called to fulfill here. Yeah. I, done my mission and now I get to stand in front of Jesus and hear him say, well done, good yes. and faithful servant. Yep. And I, I honestly have regret. That's part of the mm. thing that can be hard and where I don't experience peace is like, oh man, can I have a do-over in a, in a, a lot of different ways? And I know mm. God redeems that stuff. That's, That's part right. of being human. That's, That's not right. a condemning thing at all. And so That's I don't right. live there in that moment, but it does compel me to be mm. increasingly faithful. Um, and then when I'm not faithful, to go back to God and say, okay, help me, you know, again, yeah. because I I am not naturally <laughs> wired to pour myself out for people. Mm. I'm wired for my comfort and yeah. to preserve self and yeah. all those, uh, yeah. you know, ugly things that are As part of... Are. <laughs> right, right. right. That's just natural. Yes, that's my, that's my instinct. Yeah. Um, so... It's there's a lot in my head at times where I think about the end and think, oof, I wish I had more time to. Mm. But um, but knowing that God, you know, the blood of Jesus covers That's right. all the failings and all the right. missed opportunities, and that makes me so grateful all over again for grace mm. and for forgiveness <sighs> and for God lo looking at me through Jesus. Like, I don't have to worry about that yeah. stuff, yeah. but it does motivate me to like, let's keep growing, you know, yeah. like, let's keep yeah, yeah, going yeah. because yeah. time is precious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I think that the weight of grace is directly correlated with the weight of guilt and weight of regret, yes. right? It's like, yes. that's how we experience yes. the grace of God in a way that changes us is if we, totally. if we're, we're all, we're all going to feel that sense of regret about certain things, about one yeah. thing, or that, right? We're all going to. Yep. And I believe we're all going to stand in front of Jesus one day and we're going to see him and we're probably going to feel a sense of like, oh, oh my goodness, yes. And then all of a sudden this like something, he's going to gesture, he's going to look at us mm. or something. And there's just going to be this grace that just permeates from I him to us. That. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is what it means to be in the grace of God. Yes. Right? It's going to be this it, yes. crazy experience where we're like, wow, wow so profoundly affected by that. Totally. And so, I love that. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, you you brought it up. I'm curious how, and, and, and share to the degree that you feel comfortable, but how mm -hmm. you guys are walking through this together, you know, with mm -hmm. your husband, with your son. Yeah. You know, that's a, yeah. that's a heavy thing to yeah. walk it, through together. Um, yeah. Facing that reality every day. Yeah. It's where the rubber meets the road for me. I've told people I, um, 
I would go so fast if I were single. Like mm. I, and I don't mean that that's, that it's easy for a single facing this, just me personally. Um, the decision would be so clear. I wouldn't be going through the, the awful treatments and trying to fight for more time. Mm. Um, and that sounds selfish too, because I, I do still believe there's work for me to do beyond my family for sure. Yeah. But I think it would just be easier to let go. Um, because of the deepest attachments in my life are are Eddie and Jeremy. And so we um it's been a it's been an ugly and messy year in some ways. Um with grief that's just hard to make sense of and describe. Um especially for uh, my son. You know, I think as adults yeah. we have a little bit more ability to process or have categories a, a little bit more um than a kid yeah well at so, least the prefrontal cortex of our brain is formed yes, yes. <laughs> right? i love that you know so these things yes there's yes that. <laughs> <laughs> there's that yeah. and he's still developing and he is yeah. um he doesn't have this you know huge worldview but um yeah. that has done something in my mama's heart that mm. is indescribable and um there have been moments that are so you know, painful with his grief that I'm awake most of the night just processing um, mm. and wondering what his life is going to be like. And, you know, I can mm. go, I can go there and God doesn't want me to stay there, but I definitely can, can go there. And um, I think, you know, from the outset, even from my first diagnosis, we were resolved to just be so honest with Jeremy. And so the blessing in that is, that this has been a conversation for years. And Jeremy has suffered so much physically that he has a paradigm for suffering, which I think is such a gift for a 10-year-old. What a gift yeah, that this isn't sure. going to knock him upside the head at 20 years old or yeah. you know 30 years old. So, um, so we've talked honestly. And he, I said, you can tell me anything. You can say anything. You can you know, whatever you need to do through this process. So he has, he's, he's said it all. And he, um, we've wept together. We've, um, we've had moments that I could never hope to put into words, but, um, it feels like something insanely sacred to be able to talk to my son about eternal realities Mm. and about, God's goodness and suffering, not minimizing what he's feeling. We stay there. I right. validate what he's feeling, all that. But then to be able to help him walk from grief back to hope and yeah. say, you can feel this way. It's legit. You might feel like this for a long time. This wow. might not lift for a long time, but let's tell God about this right now so that he can start practicing that communication with God and being able to be real and raw with Him. And what a gift as a mom to be able to do that while he's still young. I mean, if we had been living the dream, then, or I should qualify the American dream, um, then maybe I could have seen Jeremy grow up and never gotten to have these conversations Mm. and show him some eternal realities that are going to be felt into eternity. And I don't know, I don't know if he's going to follow Jesus, but I have had a real strong sense that Jesus is in this and he's got Jeremy and this is part of his story. So, um, and then my husband and I, it's, it's different. It's so interesting how different it is grieving 
with a child and grieving with a husband. And so we can't honestly handle a lot. Like it's, it is too heavy um, for Eddie to talk about this stuff too long. So we just will kind of like dip in and talk about something and come right back out because it's too much and yeah, it right. it's too heavy. So we'll address some things we got to we have to address, yeah. but we're not going to camp out there because um, it's it's just too much. Yeah. So um, it's different how we're all processing it, but. Um, yeah. That grief, it's it's unspeakable, but then Jesus is in it with us. Yeah. And there's something holy and sacred in yeah. those moments. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And but there's no... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was just going to yeah. say, he will continue to be in it. Yeah. With you yeah. guys. Yeah. You know, with them. Yep. And I... Yeah. I, I, I just... Um, you know... Colin, I was going to share this with you after uh, we, we got off the recording, but I, I just feel prompted. Um, my late wife, she, I've shared this on the podcast before, but mm-hmm. she was going through a real intense wrestling with when, when we were having our son. So our, our son was 15 months uh-huh. old when she was killed. So oh, she wow. only was able to be his mom for 15 months, you know, care for him <sighs> and, aside from the nine months that she carried him. And, um, wow. but when she was pregnant with him, she was really wrestling through the story of Hannah and Samuel. Whoa. It's like it, wow. she got camped there in her quiet time. It's like providentially the Lord, she would just read through her Bible, right? Oh, there was no goodness. like, yep. I'm going to pick this out because it was just like in her normal Bible reading, she got camped there. And so as a part of the a piece, like a staple piece for the nursery, she, she made a sign that said for the rest of his days, he'll be given over to the Lord as a direct quote from the book of first Samuel. And, um, that's amazing. And I, I just, mm. I've seen it on, on this side of things. I know you mm. have too, but I have so many conversations where we, we see God's grace step mm. in to wherever we are in the story, mm. yeah. whether it's, you know, before death, after death, grieving it, miracles, mm. healing, he's there and he provides wow. the exact grace that mm. is needed in those moments. And so I don't know if I'm telling you this because you need to hear it or because mm. someone who's listening to this needs to hear it. Wow. But I do know the Lord has your son and your husband. Mm. And I do know the Lord Thank has you. you. And I do I know the Lord that. has everybody who's listening to this right now. Um, wow. And I just have mm. that big of trust. That I, I probably didn't before mm. I walked through this. I was All probably right. like, totally. I had a little bit more of like, totally. I don't my hands on yeah, yeah, know, yeah. control. and. <laughs> I can, I can fix yes. this and I can do this. Yes. And then like when you step into these mm-hmm. kinds of situations where you have no control, totally, yep. it makes, it forces you to go, all right, Lord, I'm going to let you be on the throne here. Yes. I know. I need to hear that every day. Honestly, I have to remind myself of that, but I love that you just shared that because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a moment by moment thing. Like, remember, this is part of God's good story. Remember, yeah. Je- Jeremy needs this in order for him to live the life God wants him to live. Yeah. Okay. Remember. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I would love everyone to tell me that daily, you know, like just this, this reality that it's, it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing to see on the other side of things. That's right. What That's right. has been going on behind the scenes here that necessitates this kind of story. Like, mm. It's that idea that C.S. Lewis writes about heaven works backwards. Like 
when we get there, we're going to say it was heaven all along. Yeah, wow. Right? Like wow. it was heaven all along. We just couldn't see it because it was so hard. Wow. Um, That's so good. Wow. I wonder if the last couple of minutes you can share with us, you know, I'd be remiss not to ask you about this because of the perspective, you know, you're, you wrestling through this diagnosis provides you, I want you to look back on the years of wrestling through anxiety and depression. And we have so many mm. listeners who that's, that's their story. They're wrestling through yes. it. And unfortunately the church has not done a really good job of entering into that conversation no. at all. And I'm no. sure you yeah. feel that more than yeah. most. And we tend to whitewash it or we tend to kind of dismiss it or we kind yes. of die. We treat it. The prognosis is prayer. That's it. Totally. Right? That's, that's <laughs> right? your prescription. <laughs> Don't gotta worry. pray this thing away, yeah. right? And it's gonna, and you must not be close yeah. enough to God because you're suffering. Totally. With this. Talk to me if you're sitting mm. across the table from somebody and they're wrestling with mm. this anxiety and depression. What what would you say yeah. to them? I mean, the first thing. This is so strange. This is the first thing that comes to mind: is you are normal, and there's nothing wrong with you, and mm. nothing weird about you. Because, so and yes, there might be something wrong with the brain that we need right. to to deal with, but. Um, that that haunting thought and you know i wrestled um for years at a time where there were not abundant resources and where there was still a stigma about getting help mm. um so i i look back and i think oh if i'd only known to get help you know right away and yeah. to seek out those resources and i have been my story is um a long and slow one in that in these areas but i would encourage them to um to yeah seek out people who will be able to speak into it with wisdom and expertise and um, tenderness and to be able to um choose friends if possible you know we don't always yeah. get to do this but choose friends who will be um, ones who will remind you of who you are in the throes of these places that are so dark and disorienting. Yeah. Um, and to, um, you know, one thing that helped me, so there are so many things that have helped me. It's been such a long journey, but one thing has been to say, okay, here you are again, anxiety. Yeah, I know. I, I recognize you. Here we are, and it's okay. Wow. Like, and not to be so scared of it, you know, go, yeah. oh my gosh, it's back. And, or the yeah. waves of depression that when I, I feel the onset of those to be like, okay, here we are again. Yeah. Like yeah. this is, this is a gift in a like sense that, yeah, right? yes. And okay. Well, showed up again. Yep, okay. yep, yep, yep. Yeah. You're back. And, um, the cool thing is, um, the long view is so precious because, um, I I don't live there anymore. I visit there. Mm. And so God has yeah. changed my address in that sense. Yeah. Um because he has been faithful over time, it will all these things will always be part of me. Yeah. But that I think is hopeful too for someone like it does it won't always be this intense. Mm. It will come differently. It might the waves might be different, the situation might be different, but this moment in time is not forever. Yeah. Um and as you seek out resources, as you surround yourself with people who are going to, to be with you and be happy to be with you right. in this, um, you're going to be strengthened. This is going to become a gift. This is going to yeah. become an entrance into a lot of people's realities. This is going to become a way into more of Christ. 
Um, to, so to see it not as the enemy or as some serious malfunction or something mm. drastically wrong with me, but to just invite it in as... I don't know if I should say invited in, but to accept it. Yeah, that's good. Amy Carmichael yeah. said, "In yeah. acceptance lieth perfect peace." To say, Oof. "Okay, wow. this is this is part of how I'm wired," and yeah. the strength of who God's made me is beautiful, and it has to come with some weaknesses and some propensities right. to things that are going to be really hard, and they're going to keep me humble before God because yeah. I'll be able to see, "Ooh, look at the gifts you've given me to use." But I'm going to be able to see my weakness and frailty and be dependent on him. That's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So it's it keeps it from becoming the enemy into something that, okay, this is part of the whole picture of my personality and my giftings and my yeah. calling, you know, if you yeah. want to put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So those wow. are a few That's things. So good. That's so good. No, I think it is. I mean, just, uh, <clears throat> I mean, anxiety, depression, suffering in general, they're all they're all God wants to use them as invitations. They are all yes. evidence of a fallen and broken world that we live in. I love that. And yet out of the redemptive plan of God, he goes, okay, I'm going to take these things that mm. have, have crept into the, the fabric of my creation that was intended Ooh, yes. to be perfect. Right. But it's now yep. fractured because yes. of sin. And now we live in the fallout of that. I'm going to take these things and mm. out of this redemptive plan, I'm going to use these as these invitations. I love that to this, this restorative uh, this restorative thing that I'm doing, not yeah. only in you, but across the, like all throughout history. Wow. And yes, and that's, and, yep. and that's the point of all of this, right? For, yeah. for us, that's why we're doing this podcast. That's why Colleen and I have this conversation is because yeah. we want you to recognize those invitations that God is extending you yes. and, and go have those real and honest and raw conversations yep. with, with him. And, and bring your pain to him, bring your disappointment yep. to him. He can handle it, as Colleen said. <laughs> and um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, that's, I, I know that your words, Colleen, in this time has really ministered to so many, it's ministered to me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm dumbfounded that we have been able to have this conversation. I'm just oh. really, it, it mm -hmm. means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. um, Colleen's just released, or I'm sorry, she's about to release a book mm -hmm. uh, here coming up here in the near future. Um, that is called Hands of a Fiercely Tender God, which mm -hmm. I love that title. My goodness, mm -hmm. I love that title. Um, and it's 31 Days of Hope, Honesty, and Encouragement for the Sufferer. It releases in October. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that we'll put, we'll put some you know, information about that on the show notes of, this, of this, uh, this conversation, this podcast episode. But Colleen, I wonder if, you know, as we're kind of signing off, if you would... Um, would you just, is there something else that you feel like, man, this is really sitting on me. I want to share this mm -hmm. with our audience. Uh, I just I want to give you some hope and encouragement. I want to challenge you. What What would you say as, as we're signing off? Oh, I love that. And there's something immediately because I've been um, just steeping in the book of Jude. And mm. that's so timely, just the descriptions of yeah. of how people will act and um, what we we might face yeah. as believers. And what I love, love, love is that Jude bookends this letter, short little letter that has a lot to do with how ugly things can get, how right. ugly people right. can act when they um, are against Christ. But mm -hmm. he says, you are kept and loved and called at the mm. beginning. And at the end, after these really depressing descriptions... <laughs> <laughs> At the end, he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. 
Mm. And I've just been praying that over and over and over, like, God, let me keep myself in the love of God. Keep my son in the love of God. Keep my husband in the love of God. You know, like, I've been praying it for others and challenging others to think this way right now. Um, And then after that, he calls us to mercy with fear. And Mm. this idea that as we keep ourselves in the love of God, now we can have mercy on others even while we don't mess around with sin, you know, just this, this beautiful idea of keeping the love of God because we're kept, we're loved, we're called. Wow. And now we can show mercy no matter where we're at. um, When we're in the love of Christ, he flows out of us. And so that, that's a thought that's been singing in my heart lately. That's so good. That's so good. Colleen, thank you so much. Mm. Um, Man. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for being real and vulnerable. And mm-hmm. um, uh, we we don't we don't take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, just our time that we've been able to hear from you. And so um, I mean it. I'm so I'm uh, I'm just I'm in awe of what God's doing in you and what mm-hmm. what He's doing through you. And, and well, thank um, you. This is I, yeah. the things you said. I just wanted to kind of sit and like dwell on the way you put things is so beautiful and you can tell you've walked with Jesus through suffering and your story is so compelling. Mm. Um, so the way you put things has really ministered to me today. I will be mm. chewing on some of that stuff for a while. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, God refreshes those who refresh others. You've definitely mm. refreshed us. So oh. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, thank you. And, and, and I'm excited to see what God does in this conversation. Davey, just another incredible conversation. Mm. I, um, the power of her perspective, right? Just seeing God's hand in in all of this, even yeah. though there's so much suffering and heartache in it, yeah. I think is just one of those things that I don't know. That, that's one of those mysteries that you're kind of like, all right, only God. Yeah. Only he can, God can walk with He's the only one that can that bring that kind of peace. That's yeah. the peace that passes all understanding, guarding yeah. your heart and mind. I mean, she needs... And we would all need so much guarding of our heart yeah. and mind in that situation. I love that she said, I see God's hand in all of this. I see a lot of beauty, but man, it takes some ugly, dark days to get to that. And Ugh. I just appreciate the frankness of that, the raw mm-hmm. nature of that. She said, we ha- we fight hard to find the beauty or experience Jesus. And I, and I think mm-hmm. that's important to note that you yeah. do have to fight hard to find beauty sometimes. That's right. You have to go like hunting for it, I think, very intentionally because um, the enemy can make you get so myopically focused on everything that's missing and awful that it it can be, it can't, you do. You have to like wage some war and be very intentional about finding beauty and things that bring life. That's right. Just kind of signs of God's kingdom, like down payments of God's kingdom in the middle of that heartache. So I love that she reminded us of that. True. Wow. So, so good. We're going to continue to pray for you, Colleen, and um, we're going to keep praying for healing. That's right. And um, I think most importantly, we're going to keep praying that your legacy, your life, your voice just keeps rippling out to teach us a perspective that we need to have Mm -hmm. of kingdom, of eternity, uh, because that was very sobering to have that conversation with you, Mm -hmm. Colleen. So thank you for that. Yeah. Aubrey, we have, as we've been doing over the past several episodes, we are answering questions that are coming in from the community. By the way, I if love you join doing this. our community, it is nothingiswasted.com slash community. 
And we've got an entire kind of forum there where people are getting connected with other people who are walking through the same pain journey that they're walking through. Um, and we, you know, we have this main discussion feed where people post things and people are asking questions. So we've prompted this. We've asked and we said, hey, come and ask mm-hmm. us some questions. Aubrey and I would yeah. like to answer these questions. We want to engage with you in this manner. We want to know that we're like helping you as you're wrestling through and grappling through some of the really difficult things of pain and trauma. And so yeah. uh, one of the questions that w- that was asked is, is how do you handle when friends and family don't acknowledge or support you in your grief? Mm. And, um, and this is akin to so many other questions that we get very similar yeah. vein of, of thought, you know? Yeah. And so um, I think this is really appropriate for this conversation in this episode, because I can only imagine how isolating this kind of journey has been for Colleen. Totally. And I, and I hear that in this question, you know, a feeling of being isolated in your grief. And so Aubrey, I wonder if you want to take a stab at this one. It's interesting because I feel like we do get um, through nothing is wasted. And I even think through our personal platforms, like you and I get this kind of version of question. I just had somebody else ask me a similar question like this this week. Um, What do you do? I mean, two things are coming to mind right away. The first is I, I think, um, I know actually that our enemy really loves, I mean, one of his big plots, his ploys is to make us feel alone and isolated in our grief. And so this question to me, um, it, I, I am hearing some lies, um, from the enemy trying yeah. to make this person feel like nobody understands me, nobody supports me, nobody. And yeah. so I, on one hand, I just want to stop and kind of acknowledge, like, that's not the voice of God. And my guess is there mm. are probably a lot of people in your life, friends and family members that are actually around you, kind of waiting to support you. They may not know how to do it exactly how you need them to. And sometimes mm. we have to, like, sometimes, unfortunately, it falls to the griever to have to, like, mirror to people how to do it. And I know that's kind of unfair because you're the one carrying the grief. But at the same time, my guess is that there are people around you and the enemy's trying to make you feel alone and isolated. So I just, I do, I rebuke that lie in Jesus name and ask that you can feel freedom from that. Yeah. Simultaneously, I would say for any grieving person, and this is just the uh, reality of life. And so I want to be very clear about this. Now, every once in a while, we have that very special friend who is just like anointed for walking through grief. Hmm. But I would say, if you are the main graver in the situation, um, not people cannot always hold like the pace of grief and the weight of grief that you're holding. That's right. Yeah. And so two things, and then Davey, I'll, I'll hand it over wow. to you. But one... That's something only God can carry. That's it. So I I want to say that like grief is so heavy that that's a thing that God can carry and humanity. We just don't have it within us to like, Mm -hmm. so people can't really be your rescue in them. They can be supportive. They can be your community. You can lean on them. They can't be the ultimate people who bring healing and hope to your soul. Only Mm -hmm. the Lord can simultaneously. I know I'm, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. This is why. And I mean, Davey and I bleed this. This is why our community platform and our coaches uh, at, at nothingiswasted.com slash community. I mean, we have these people at the ready for you because they are right. trained. They've been through grief. And you're like, your beautiful, meaningful best friend may not have walked through what you've walked through. Yeah. And so they just don't know how to carry it. And that's okay. That's, that's no right. fault of their own. 
But we have people ready, willing, have the experience with grief, have the heart, have the training to walk with you. I'd also say like a grief counselor or a grief group at your church. Um, It's probably, if you're feeling like you can't keep, you're wearing your friends out with your grief or whatever, it's probably time to turn to like a a ministry like Nothing Is Wasted or like a professional grief counselor or grief group. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I think that's just so well spoken right there, Aubrey. I think that um, the only thing I could, I think I can add to that is, think of it in terms of like seasons or segments mm. that certain people carry you in a certain season or they're, that's so true. they're working with you. They're beside you in a certain season and that's the nature of it. And that's actually right and good. I think, mm. because I think sometimes the enemy uses isolation, but God will also use loneliness. That's true. Yeah. And so anything the enemy is going to try to use, God will use that again as like an invitation. And so sometimes God will use loneliness or some of that feelings of like, ah, oh, just nobody's quite meeting this need that I have to remind you that he's the only one that can meet that need, just as you said earlier, Aubrey. It's mm-hmm. like God can is the only one that can carry you full term in this thing. Yeah, yeah. But there are people that he's going to place strategically and that you can be eyes up for and intentional strategically mm-hmm. to carry you in a season. So mm-hmm. this season, this these people, this group of people are going to carry me. This is a specific role that someone plays in my life where then the next season to kind of go to the next level of moving through your grief or yeah, you know, however good. you want to term it, then this mm-hmm. person or these group of people or this, you know, and I think that helps to spread out the weight of that grief. I think mm-hmm. that that is, you know, I think about even like, um, uh, uh I, I planted Apollos watered God gave yeah. the growth, like oh, that kind good. of idea that if we can think in those terms, even in our grief journey, cause yeah. grief is just another level of sanctification mm-hmm. in, in our journey. So yeah, I think that that can be very helpful and that doesn't um, create a sense of bitterness towards somebody who may not be meeting the need yeah. that you have. And that can often creep in where we, mm. we can feel slighted or wounded by or betrayed by somebody that we thought should have shown up in a certain way and they didn't show up in a certain yeah. way and maybe they wanted yeah. to or they meant to, but they didn't know how to. And so yeah. we've got to offer a lot of grace even as we are experiencing grief. Mm. When we walk with God in grief, he expands our capacity for grace. Wow. Say that one more time, Davey. When we walk with God in grief, he expands our capacity for grace. It's mm, good. So he allows us to have more empathy for people. He allows yeah. us to have more compassion for people. Yeah. Even right. in the midst of them not showing up for right. us in the way that we thought. And so we can, <laughs> so true. we can give that. We can say, Hey, listen, I get it. Right. This is yeah. hard. This is hard yeah. for me. This is hard for you. I get it. Yeah. And so I just want to make people aware of that. I think that that's a really difficult thing to lean into. It's a hard truth. It's a hard mm-hmm. reality, but that's the spirit of Jesus inside of us that even in times that he was grieving, what did he do? He, he gave, I mean, look at Matthew You're 14 right. where he's yeah. going away to by himself to grieve <laughs> and the crowds run around right, the Sea of Galilee to get him yeah. to get to him. And what does he do? Man, he accomplishes mm. the greatest in volume, at least the greatest miracle that we have an account mm. of in feeding the 5,000. Mm. So his, his capacity for grace and compassion, it says he looked on the crowds and he had compassion. Mm. It was in the midst of his grief. And so I just yeah, think that that's so something that we need to lean into as well so good, when baby. it comes to our expectations of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
So. Such a good word. Hmm. Again, I just want to highlight our community platform and community uh, platform plus at nothingiswasted.com slash community. We have, again, we've got coaches for you. We've got groups for you. We've got resources for you. And yeah. do you want to like just very quickly <laughs> highlight our very yes. exciting thing we're launching? Well, it's unfolding and uh, it may already be launched as we speak. We've kind of been working on the finalization of this, but our so curated exciting. pathways are probably the thing I'm most excited about right now because because you can easily point somebody to their specific pain point, whatever they're going through, you can point them to all the resources that we have pertaining to that topic. So widowhood, you know, if you've got a, a, a widow or a widower in your life and you're going, where do I point them to? The widowhood curated pathway is what, what you would point them to. So they would sign up and they would receive all the content in both their email inbox and right there on our platform. So cool. They get directed to, here's all the content that we have pertaining to widowhood. And so we're releasing five to begin with widowhood, childhood trauma, child loss, sexual betrayal, and a general grief one. Those are the mm. first five that we're releasing. And then once a month, we're going to release a new curated pathway. So we keep resourcing you as you're, as you're walking with other people and as you're walking your own journey uh, from yeah. pain to purpose. And so I'm really excited about this. I'm excited for you guys to get uh, tapped into to these curated pathways. It's going to be awesome. Oh, so, so, so exciting. We also uh, want to be sure to thank Sleeping at Last for providing all of the music for the Nothing is Wasted podcast. You can download and stream his music wherever it is you do that. We also love engaging with you on social media. We are at Nothing is Wasted Ministries, at Davey Blackburn, and at Obsamp on Instagram. Next week, Davey, I'm a little jealous because you got to <laughs> interview someone that I'm a fan of. That's and right. uh, I'm kind of fangirling over this. We are joined by Blanca, who, if, if you don't know her, wow. she was just nominated, I think, like the number one new female artist or most popular female artist yeah. on K Love. She's a contemporary yeah. music singer, songwriter. You probably heard her song, The Healing. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but she's got a she has a powerful story of of uh, hurt and healing yeah. and um, some of the pain that she experienced at a young age. So our our listeners are going to be thrilled. So let's go ahead mm. and take a listen to part of your conversation with Blanca. So I think when I got involved in Christian culture um, and that mentality, I felt that if I, one, truly showed all of my side, like all of my scars and all of these deep wounds that I was different, I wasn't going to be accepted or I was marked in some way with too much trauma <laughs> to, to be understood, you know? So there's this, um, I would say there was a perception for me of like, you, there can be hardship, but there's a, there's a limit. You know, and yeah. some of these topics are a little bit too uncomfortable to really talk about within the church. Mm -hmm. 